The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you doing what you really want to do? Think about it. If there is a project or book or something that is calling to you, stick around for today's conversation. I talked with a friend of mine, Michelle Serafini, who has created a guided journal to help people record stories of their adventures that can last a lifetime. Michelle is taking steps to move in the direction of what she really wants to do and follow her true north, and this guided journal is a part of it. So if you think you might need a course correction and maybe would like a little inspiration to hear someone who is actually trying to move in their right direction, I hope you can be present with me for the conversation. The phrase finding your true north means to follow your internal compass, that small voice within that tells you that you're heading in the right path and doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I wondered where this phrase came from, finding your true north. So I looked this up. It actually comes from a book written by Harvard professor Bill George back in 2007 called True North, Discover Your Authentic Leadership. Now, many of us might not want to go into management or leadership, but we can definitely be leaders in our own lives and we can stop playing small and compromising and really step into our gifts and do what we really want to do in life. I'm always interested in talking to people about this because when you get to a certain age in life, you start asking yourself important questions. And the pandemic just put these questions into even more focus when we saw how quickly things can change. And in fact, in 2021, you know, more than 47 million people voluntarily quit their jobs. It was called the Great Resignation. And it was a record number of people kind of spurred by the pandemic, but actually the trend was moving in that direction way before that time. That just kind of spurred things along a little bit. And it just kind of brought more into focus how more and more people want to spend their time doing meaningful work and not spending time behind a desk with people they may not like. So if any of this resonates with you, if you can relate to this, you'll definitely relate to my guest who is taking steps to answer the call to her true north. And Michelle Serafini is my guest today. She's a travel writer, speaker, and coastal realtor who is working on finding her true path. And she's put together a guided vacation journal called Getaway Home that's meant to help people record their adventures and stories during vacations at their home away from home. But it's really more than that. And we're going to find out a little bit about that from Michelle. So welcome, Michelle, to my humble podcast. And thanks for joining me to talk about this. 
Well, thank you for having me, Diane. I know you and I have spoken a lot over the years about finding that true north. And also, we both embrace the adventures that come from travel, yes. but not so much always just those wild, adventurous, on the edge type of travel, but more that travel that speaks to you and and fills your soul and, and makes for memories that you want to pass on and share with other people. And yeah, and that's kind of what started this whole idea of Getaway Home. Yeah. And I wanted to get to like the real story because I think the the guided journal and the prompts and everything in this journal are so awesome. But I think the story, there's really the story behind that, like how you came to bring this journal out into the world and what you really want to do, because I think that story is so interesting. You know, you're, we, we met through a mutual friend because you're a realtor by trade and my husband and I were looking for a place, you know, this was a few years ago and you're so wonderful at your job. But then when we talked recently, you said that what your heart's really calling you to do is to be a writer, you know, and to be a travel writer and to kind of explore those things that really are, are, are your true North. Not, not that you hate realty or anything like that or your career, but I just think it's so interesting looking around at some of the women that I know and, and people that are trying to peel back the layers and find this. So I wanted to find out, you know, how this project came together for the journal because there's a story that really kind of prompted it, right? That really got it going. Yes. Well, it's interesting because the idea for this book actually started decades ago, really, in the 90s. I was um, trained as a writer, communications person, worked my way up the ladder in public relations marketing. And during that time in PR, had a very dear close friend of mine whose um, family owned a property. I lived in the Midwest at the time, owned a property on, a, on Lake Superior, north of Duluth. So that's almost Canada. Eh? Yeah, it sounds and, uh, cold. We would, it's cold, but it's beautiful in the summer, beautiful in the springtime and the fall. And we used to go there and she'd share this home with people. And there were always stories that were created in that space. So it was, you were traveling, you were doing a lot of adventurous things. You were hiking and going by the lake and maybe on a boat and, and all these wonderful outdoor adventure sorts of things that you do in Northern Minnesota. But it was really the gathering point of that home, that house, after the adventures in the evening that prompted all these wonderful stories that encouraged people to continue to travel there, continue to visit. And crossed over generations. And I thought about it and I put the idea down, stuck it in a folder, never did anything with it, ever. It was always in the back of my head, but there it was in a folder. Then my life evolved, moved to California, continued to travel, loved to travel, and the pandemic hit. And I have always felt in my soul that I was a writer. And I have always written, but I write based on the professional need at the time. I ghostwrite for people. I write about homes. I write more journalistically, but I don't write kind of from that authentic part of me. And during the pandemic, had an illness that rose up, had to do some recovery at home. Plus, we're all stuck at home anyway. <laughs> so you're right. there. And I was going through photos and 
you know, just different files and things and ran into this Manila folder with this book idea still there. And I was like, that's it. Third act. I'm doing this. And to your point, like sometimes to finding and coming back to something that's been with you for so many years, I think you do get to a certain point in your life where you feel like you need to act on that. And it might, it's not necessarily the age you're at, it's the place in life you're at. So when you say at a certain age, that age could be 35, it could be 40, it could be 55, it could be in your mid 60s. It's where your life is coming together. And then you want to express that part of you. And for me, this was the right time to take that idea and I think and make it something. And I think the reason I wanted to do that now is now I am that person in that age where my kids are grown. We travel together. I have a granddaughter and I want to share stories and photos are great. You know, we all have an an iPhone or a cell phone. You're always taking photos. Everything is in the moment. But an in the moment doesn't necessarily mean in a memory. Because a moment can come and go, but a memory, a thought, something that you really put down in words, tell a story about. And sometimes it's the mundane. It's not the fabulous, oh, I'm here at, you know, this great mountain or this fabulous river that, you know, we just are standing by this river rafting boat. Sometimes it's the cool little conversation you have with the person waiting on you in a coffee shop. Sometimes it's going, you know, how many times have I been in Mexico going to this same home away from home that I like to travel to? And every time I'm taking the taxi, every taxi has a crack in the windshield. They do. Just a little they detail. all have a crack in the windshield. <laughs> it's those little things that create those wonderful stories that aren't just a moment, but they're more the mundane made into a memory. Right. That's such a good point. I mean, first of all, I like that you brought up, it doesn't have to be your chronological age where you feel this need for authenticity that to be be or do something that you really feel strongly about or care about. So that's true. That's a great point. I just think, um, I think sometimes it does happen as you're a little bit older or maybe, you know, like the time opens up and you're able to explore those things. And I'm just so curious about people's second and third acts, because I think we all have them, right? And they're so interesting when someone has the courage to step into it and really make it happen you know, whether it's a new job or, you know, a relationship or whatever, like changes that people make change and transition in life, I think is so interesting. And I love what you're saying about making the memories that might seem small or mundane at the moment, but then if you could read them later or find out about them later can really be meaningful. I mean, I wish that I had you know, a journal from my grandmother or my grandfather, you know, to really know what they were going through at their time in life, a small detail or something like that, because it could be something to leave people, your family, that will make them closer to you. Well, and I think what I love about, especially the focus on travel and a getaway home, and, and a getaway home to me doesn't mean you actually necessarily own a second home. 
because a lot of people love to travel in an RV or now, you know, van life is very big or people like, because of VRBO and Airbnb, people like to rent unusual places to stay. Or in my case, you know, growing up in the Midwest, a lot of people didn't own a cabin, but they would rent the same cabin year after year after year. Or people have kind of a certain type of property they like to go back to all the time. And it becomes a journey with the stories attached to it. And I, I agree with you. I think different times in your life, those different stories bubble up. Because I often have this image, I don't know why, because I did not, haven't really spent a lot of time in the Northeast, but I always have this image of something in Cape Cod where people would always come to these homes around the holidays and take the sheets off the furniture and bring in the tree and, and do all that kind of stuff. And you know that that happens year after year, generation after generation. My family didn't have that. Other people's family didn't have that, but maybe they had other similar experiences. Maybe every year they went skiing and that was what they did, or they went to the desert and played golf every holiday, every 4th of July. But sometimes all those little stories, like you're saying, what, what would my grandmother have been thinking about if she was a person who did, or like you're from Florida and people like to go to the, the beach and the ocean and collect shells and you know, was she a shell collector? Were there things that, did she go to the, did she like to walk in the sand to regroup her thoughts? And if there was something that you wrote down, oh, today I was at the beach again because I had just blah, 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 whatever it was, you'd go, oh, maybe that's why I feel so, such an affinity to the ocean. Right. And I think those things written down and read are different than in today's world where you see a snapshot on a phone that then gets lost into the ether, or a lot of people don't have pictures anymore to capture those moments, but you have a tendency right. to keep a book. Yeah, no, that's true. Somebody's you know, I, was, in. I was thinking too, that, you know, the whole uh, Instagram or a Facebook experience, like their, their stuff is, is there but it's more of a planned persona. It's not really that personal, right? Like you can put anything Correct. up there and <laughs> and tell people right. what your life is like, and that's not really the case. But this this book would be something more personal that's not just shared to the millions. Right. And I think it's something too that, like you were saying, kind of doing your second or third act, I think it does sometimes take a little bit of courage because- I do remember thinking as I dove into this, I'd never written a book. I have written copy my entire life. For 30 years, I've professionally written copy of some sort or another. I've been published in magazines. What is that? 600 words, 800 words, whatever. This is a book. This is a concept. This is a start to finish. And to get into that and carve out the time and make the commitment also was something that I had, that I started out going, oh, I really need to do this. Almost kind of cavalier, right? Like, I really need to just check this off my list. I want to do it. To, oh, I'm committed. I'm doing this. How does this work? What is it that I really do want people to experience when they 
finally hold the book in their hand. What's the message that I really, what's the reason this is important to me? Because if it's important to me, it'll be important to someone else. But if I can't articulate why sharing stories as you travel throughout your life that may get passed from generation to generation and why it's important to have a book to do that, or even how it might help your second home. Say you do have a second home. My sister has a second home by Lake. She's not going to carry this around with her. She's taking the hardcover and putting it on her coffee table because family comes and stays there. They don't rent their place. But there are stories to be had there that when the nieces and the nephews and the people come and stay, they'll jot things down and all of a sudden there's such meaning there. And I feel in my third act that that's what I'd like. I'd like to have things that I do create some meaning. Right. I think we all are are looking for, well, I, I think everybody definitely wants meaning, right, of some kind. and. When you're when you're in an, your your second or third act, it's it's important. And I think well, what I want people to understand too is the the journal. You don't have to have a vacation home, like like you said. It can you can bring it with you as like a travel journal. Or there's all kinds of great prompts in here to help you remember those little things, like the crack in the window on a trip. You know those little details or the conversation that you had with someone. And, you know, I can tell that you feel that travel is important. And I think it's so interesting that when you talk to uh, people from other countries, Europeans, like one of our podcasters on the network is from New Zealand and she travels all over. And it seems like Americans don't generally, now this could be a general statement, feel that that is as important as it seems like other countries do or other, other people do, that they seem much more well-traveled than we are. But it is important, don't you think, to get out and see what's out there? I do. And I think sometimes what we forget is sometimes we do travel. It's just that we don't always travel outside of the United States. And so if we look at the United States as multiple countries, I mean, look at how big the mass of the United States is. If you overlay Europe on it, it's many countries. That's true. So if you think about, like I said, going to the Pacific Northwest, to um, all the way down to the Florida Keys, to Sedona, to the Boundary Waters. Those are different countries in many ways because they're such diverse experiences. And writing those down help you understand who you are as an individual and what's so important. And sometimes it means crossing a border and sometimes it just means crossing a state border. And we all have those types of experiences to share. And I do think that those experiences that you have when you're not at your house that you're at every day, where you get into routines, where like it's time for breakfast, we make the coffee, it's dinner, let's throw some pasta on. When you're out of that day-to-day activity, wherever that might be, it might be a long weekend at somebody at a friend's house. You're going to, if you take a journal along with you, especially a guided one that helps you, because sometimes people look at a blank page and they go, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to say. I'll just write the date and that it was raining. But if you look at a prompt and then you think about your day, a lot of things come into your mind and they don't have to be long 
complex sentences. They can be short little anecdotes, but those anecdotes will help you remember what was important to you. And it shapes your, I think it shapes your moving forward. I also think it's a great therapeutic way to kind of, how do I want to put it? Understand your future self because your future self will look back on this and realize how much you've grown. Right. And were you one of those people that always had a journal as a kid? Because I, I was never really a journaler. I mean, I like to write, sometimes I would write stories or, you know, little, little tidbits of things. But for some reason, I've been resistant to journaling. But I think with the prompts, that would be, that's what makes it a lot more helpful. But was it always easy for you? Did you always have a journal or a diary? Well, I didn't really ever have a journal or a diary, honestly, until I went to, until I was an exchange student in Germany. And we had to journal every day. And we had to journal in German, which now I couldn't do that. But I could then, amazingly. And so that, I think, was what started that concept for me, was, oh, if you're going away somewhere, and of course, this is pre-cell phones, pre, practically pre pre-Polaroid. I mean, you know, like you put film in an actual camera, you'd have to get it developed. And, you know, you didn't want to overtake too many pictures because you only wanted to make sure they were special because it costs a lot of money to develop that film. And so a journal was a good way if you were traveling to be able to document ideas and almost recreate pictures in your mind because you weren't able to take a lot of pictures. So I got in the habit of that even though I didn't travel a lot in my 20s and early 30s because I had kids. But then I think back on it, and yet we did travel because we did exactly what we're talking about. We went to my friend's house in on Lake Superior, and there were tons of adventures. And I, if I, when I find the little notebooks that I used to write in, and I look at some of the little notes I took, there really are amazing tidbits that I have forgotten about about my kids or what they did or what we saw. And sometimes it's the funny little things. You know, when my kids were, my daughter was 10, my son was almost 13. We went to England and then we went on to Paris. We stayed in a little pension sort of, almost like a bed and breakfast type of hotel. Very simple, no elevator, breakfast every morning, fabulous croissant hot chocolate for the kids. There was a, and we were by the Eiffel Tower and there was this lovely bistro, like you just picture in your head, right? With the red woven chairs and the little marble tables. And my French was pretty good at the time. And we went there the first night to have dinner because they had hamburgers and chocolate mousse on the menu. We were in Paris for three nights. We ate at that same restaurant. <laughs> I'm in Paris. And I'm eating in the same restaurant that's really just a neighborhood cafe, an elevated neighborhood cafe. And to this day, I remember that because my kids ate the same thing. The wait staff would come over and ask if they wanted the mousse au chocolat, encore une fois, one more time. And I'd be like, oui, monsieur. And I ordered something every different every night with a different glass of wine just to pretend I was in a different restaurant. Now, that to me is worth rereading. But the kids in my love notes it. that I found. 
Because now I tell my adult children, can you imagine? You made me eat in the same restaurant every night in Paris. That's funny. It is those interesting little little quirks and stories that really are so special. And I I could imagine, you know, finding this journal or bringing it with me on a trip or finding it in a home. And I remember staying in a, a place in, in Idlewild here in California. There's a bunch of cabins and they had a, a similar thing like this, like a guest book or a journal. And some people wrote stories and I spent like an hour reading everybody's story because I got so interested. Some people were saying, oh, this was the best weekend. I was here with my my boyfriend. He proposed, you know, there was like those kinds of stories and then other ones of like, oh, we were here with our family. So, and I remember Barry's like, what the hell are you reading? I said, I'm, I'm reading this guest book because it's interesting. <laughs> so I'm interested in stories and I'm sure a lot of other people are too. And like, I love biographies and reading about other people's lives. And I think it's important that, that we create these for future generations. You know, before I was getting ready to talk to you, I was thinking of, you know, how much things have changed at, at warp speed from, you know, when I was a kid to now of, you know, writing a journal and now we have Instagram and all this stuff, but what, what's going to happen to all that stuff? Like after I'm gone, I'm sure like is my Facebook page can't stay there forever, I guess, until someone deletes it. Like where do all those stories go? At some point they'll have to be erased. I would imagine hundreds. I know, of I don't know, but I do think that there's something very soothing and therapeutic about being more in an analog state than a digital state, you know, where you're really doing things at a slower pace. There's something about putting pen to paper. Um, There's even something about putting pen to paper and then maybe downloading the photos. I mean, Getaway Home has photos in it to try and get your creativity going. But there would be something to be said for writing it down and then matching your own pictures and downloading them and maybe even just printing them out and putting them in a little, um, you know, photo book that goes with the getaway home. And I do think that leaving it in a home, like if it was a home that somebody rents out or family stays at or friends do, Leaving it there is nice because I agree with you. I think people like sharing ideas and it's almost like you're having a conversation with someone else because you're there thinking, well, I wonder where we should go for coffee tomorrow. But then you've read their story and they said something about a coffee shop that you maybe walked by three times that didn't even think about going. And you're like, right, we should go there tomorrow morning. You get this great information from people that have already been there. That's so cool. It's like having a conversation with someone in a way and sharing conversation with people, but in a written form. So when we had talked before about this project and you had said, well, this is kind of your, your starter book, like to get things going, you know, you, you did it, you got this, you got this out in the world, which is a big thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, writers or people get stuck and then the project just dies, but, but you did it. So what do you think you'd like to do next? What would be the next step? Well, I have a couple different ideas of books that I would like to do. And, and they really would be books, not just, I, I have started a blog and I do want to, a travel blog, and I do want to incorporate that more in my day-to-day life. Now that I've kind of gotten the book out of the way, start to feed a lot of stories in, into the blog. But I have a couple different ideas. I have 
one that's kind of more work-related, again, about communications. I think we're losing some art form of communications as humans as we go more and more towards our phones. We're losing techniques in conversation and confidence in conversation and confidence in how we write. We're losing some ways of being very articulate and articulate in that we can process what we're thinking and communicate it well. So I would love to do something about that and the importance of that. Again, almost kind of leaving something for the next generation. And then I think it would be fun to do kind of a short story vignette book on different types of travel experiences that bring into context culture and travel and ideas so that people can think about things in a different light. But I haven't figured out exactly what that looks like, but I do think there's a story, there's a story or a book there because there's so many things that I think we overlook when we travel that we don't necessarily understand how to bring back into our life. Those are all great ideas. I like to, when I travel, I like to kind of blend in and I don't, I don't like to be the ugly tourist or the ugly American if I'm, if I'm in another country, although I don't see how you could not, right? <laughs> You're going to kind of stand out anyway. But I do like to kind of be anonymous and just see if I can blend in and imagine what my life would be like if I lived there in that place. And it doesn't have to be a foreign place. Like you said, it could be like another city. What if I was somewhere else? So it's kind of interesting to transport yourself into those places. I think so. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I think there's a lot of what's inside of us that we bring to our world that we don't always understand how those influences have come. And I think because people are so focused on their phone and not, I am always amazed. We live here in San Diego, both you and I do. And I go for a walk on the beach in the morning, any beach, I don't care. There's tons of them, whatever beach you like. And I see so many people with earbuds on, with their phones, walking on the beach. It's great they're getting exercise, but what are they missing around them? And I understand that might be their time to get their news or talk to a friend or check in with their family, whatever it might be that is having them be on their earbuds. But they're also then missing when a group of us will stop because there's dolphins out close to the close to the shore or when a huge wave comes in or when you see a flock of pelicans in, you know, kind of in their formation going by. They're missing that. And then what by missing that, what are they not growing with? And I think some of that. Some of what writing can give us is the understanding of absorbing the things around us. And I also think that helps your mind, your body, all your soul kind of come in and you're more productive than on the other side. Right. That's true. That's a really good point. Well, I hope that people pick this up because it, it's got some great prompts that really gets you thinking about, you know, making those stories permanent for other people to read, you know, maybe giving something to the next generation, creating memories and not losing them and writing them down in this lovely journal, Getaway Home. So people can find this anywhere, right? You can get it at Amazon or your local bookseller. 
Yeah, you can, there's, it's in some bookstores. Barnes Noble has it. Um, Amazon for sure is probably the easiest way to just find it and buy it because they have every book, I guess. On Amazon. <laughs> they have everything, quite frankly, I think. On yes, Amazon. they do. So there you yeah. go. But you know, it is on Barnes and Noble and, um, and I do hope people pick it up. And most importantly, I hope if that when they pick it up, or even if they don't pick it up, and they just take a pad of paper, that they put their memories down, and share their share their stories, become a storyteller of what you're doing and the adventures you have, whether they're big or small or far away or nearby, there's a story. I think story is important. And I hope it, it continues to be from the caveman times up until now, you know, we've all survived on stories and people's histories. And I think it's all, in, it's all important. And I would hate to see any of that die. So I will have the link to the book in the show notes. So people will be able to just click on that and, and head over to our, our friend at Amazon. Or if you happen to be in a local bookstore, definitely look for this getaway home, your stories and adventures from your home away from home or wherever you are, a guided journal by Michelle Serafini. And also people can find you. You're on Instagram, just at Michelle Serafini. Yes, it's Michelle underscore Serafini or at a note from the coast. And do you want to hear from readers with their story ideas? I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to even help share other people's stories on my site, A Note from the Coast. If they've had a great adventure and they think it's worth sharing, a note from at A Note from the Coast, you can find me. Let's hear it. Well, we'll have those uh, links there as well in the notes here. And thank you for chatting about this with me today. I love people's second acts and third acts. And may there be many more acts to come. And may there be, I think there's always that. My husband said something to me the other day, because we are get he and I are getting into that age. And he said, I think I need to find something to retire into. And I think that's what a second and third act is. Sometimes you might be wildly successful and just say, you know, I'm I'm retiring at 45 from XYZ. But what do you retire into? What is your second, third, and fourth act? We have such rich, so many rich experiences in our life. Keeping it moving forward is what makes it worth doing. I Never think so. stopping, always learning. Always learning. And in such a youth-obsessed culture and people think you're, you're done and, and thrown away by 45, 50, a lot of times for people, that's when you're waking up. You know, that's, exactly. that's when, that's when, that's real when you're really <laughs> making it. That's sometimes when you're making the most impact for not only yourself, but for those around you. That's true. That's so true. So I want people to think about that. If they're listening to this conversation, if someone said, you're too old, it's too late, you can't do this, don't believe it. Louise Hay, my old boss at Hay House, she started that company in her 60s. She lived to be 92 and she never stopped exploring or learning ballroom dancing or art or whatever else she did. So she's a big ins inspiration to me in that regard. So I think we all have those acts. And, and I love that you're sharing yours with us today. So thanks, well, Michelle. I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you share, letting me share my story.
Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that everybody here is listening. Thank you for sharing your time with me. You have a lot of choice in podcasts. The fact that you picked mine and you're listening to it means a lot. So if you like what you heard, leave a review. I would love that. Make sure you download the mindbodyspirit.fm mobile app in the app store for Apple or Android. You can leave a message or comment too for any of the podcasters on the open mic feature. So check that out and make sure you give a listen to all of the wonderful podcasters we have on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.